There's a lost soul who's tired of the sinning. You are listening to the Daily Doctrine Devotional. This is a daily podcast designed to teach and preach Bible doctrine each weekday throughout the year. This is Evangelist Tim McVeigh asking you to please let others know about this podcast so that they can subscribe or tune in each weekday. At the end of the podcast, we will provide you with subscription information as well as contact information for our ministry. Thank you for listening, and we pray that the Lord will help each of us as we study and preach the Word of God. And the saints all with gladness are singing the glorious song of the redeemed, song of the redeemed. Well, thank you, Brother McVeigh, for having me back on the podcast. I um, appreciate the opportunity here to preach the Word of God. And uh, looking at uh, a couple of things here before we get right into this, there's some uh, precepts that we have to understand. And anybody that's uh, been a follower of this podcast, these are not new. Uh, this is nothing that should take anyone by surprise who's been sitting under the preaching uh, over the last year and, and plus. Uh, but these precepts, uh, I'll start out with just some scripture here. Um, Psalm 40 verse 7 says, Then said I, lo, I come, in the volume of the book it is written of me. Isaiah 28.10 says, For precept must be upon precept, precept upon precept, line upon line, line upon line, here a little, there a little. Now, the reason I'm starting out this, uh, this time with these scriptures is that these are things that God had to cement in my mind before I could ever see what he showed me out of Zechariah chapter 3. To be completely honest, uh, Brother McVeigh's podcast has been a great blessing and a great help to our family. It has been a a, uh, a time where I was able to finally see Jesus Christ in the Psalms, be able to see him in the volume of the book. I didn't even know that I was supposed to look for him in the volume of the book. And so with that precept laid down, I was then able to begin looking for him. Uh, now, there's a couple of things that we need to understand about Jesus Christ at his death, and that he was separated in four different ways. His body went to the grave, his spirit went to the hands of the Father, his blood was poured out and sprinkled in heaven by the Holy Ghost, and his soul went to hell. I've got some verses here just to back that up and just to lay all this down, uh, because it's the, the scriptures that are living. It's not my words, it's not the words of Tim McVeigh, uh, but these are the scriptures that will give life uh, if you believe them. Matthew 27, uh, 59 and 60, this is the body of Jesus Christ. <clears throat> it says, And when Joseph had taken the body, he wrapped it in a clean linen cloth and laid it in his own t- new tomb, which he had hewn out in the rock, and he rolled a great stone to the door of the sepulcher and departed. Psalm 16, 9 says, Therefore my heart is glad, my glory rejoiceth, my flesh also shall rest in hope. So we see the body of Jesus Christ after his death lying in the grave. Uh, Luke twenty three forty six is where uh, it's recorded that Jesus Christ commended his spirit into the hands of his father. It says it twenty three forty six of the uh, book of Luke. And when Jesus had cried with a loud voice, he said, Father, into thy hands I commend my spirit. Having said thus, he gave up the ghost. And that ghost being the soul and spirit of Jesus Christ together, they both left his body. And so his spirit was commended into the hands of the Father for that safekeeping, for that, that holding. As it said there, his flesh was resting in hope in that grave while his spirit was commended to the hands of the Father. 
Psalm 31, 5, uh, the beginning of that verse says, Into thy hand I commit my spirit. Same lowercase s, that same spirit of Jesus Christ. And so these are the, the precepts of that. Uh, the blood of Jesus Christ. The blood of Jesus Christ wasn't just shed there when the thorns pierced his brow. It wasn't just shed and stayed on the, the soaked into the wood on that cross. It didn't just fall onto the ground. It didn't just stain the uniforms of those soldiers. It was indeed collected by the Holy Ghost, every single drop of that life-giving blood. And it was offered by the Holy Ghost in heaven. Leviticus 4.7 says this, And the priest shall put some of the blood upon the horns of the altar of sweet incense before the Lord, which is in the tabernacle of the congregation, and shall pour all the blood of the bullock at the bottom of the altar of the burnt offering, which is at the door of the tabernacle of the congregation. A couple of things there. That is that sin offering being spoken of. And with that blood being poured out at the bottom of the altar, when that spear pierced the side of Jesus Christ, his blood was poured out at the base of that altar. Jesus Christ fulfilling every single thing in that book of Leviticus. Lo, in the volume of the book, it is written of me. John 19.34 records this, But one of the soldiers with a spear pierced his side, and forthwith came there out blood and water. Hebrews 13.20 is where we understand that it was that blood that enabled Jesus Christ to be resurrected from the dead. Now the God of peace that brought again the, uh, from the dead our Lord Jesus, that great shepherd of the sheep, through the blood of the everlasting covenant. It was through that blood that God was able to raise him from the dead. Now, how did that blood get applied? Jesus Christ's body is lying dead in the grave. His spirit is in the hands of his Father. His soul is in the fires of hell being made that offering for sin for us. So what? who, who was able even to take that blood and offer it so that Jesus Christ could be resurrected from the dead. Hebrews 9.14 tells us that. How much more shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal Spirit offered himself without spot to God, purge your conscience from dead works to serve the living God? Through the eternal Spirit, he offered his blood. Jesus Christ was the one making the offering, but it was through that eternal Spirit. It was through the Spirit of God. It was through the Holy Ghost. He is the one that took that blood, collected every last drop of it, and carried it into heaven, into those figures of the truth. And so as we, as we look at this, and we're going to see a lot of these verses out of Hebrews, we're going to be looking at some things in Leviticus, we're going to be in Exodus, what we're going to be examining is this blood, is this consecrating of a priest, is this offering that was made. The last thing that we understand of, that was separated at the death of Jesus Christ is his soul went into hell. And again, this is nothing new to this podcast, but we're going to re, re, review these verses here. Psalm 16, 9 and 10 says this, Therefore is my heart is glad, and my glory rejoiceth. My flesh also shall rest in hope. For thou wilt not leave my soul in hell, neither wilt thou suffer thine holy one to see corruption. Psalm 86, 13 says this, For great is thy mercy toward me, and now has delivered my soul from the lowest hell. Uh, in Acts chapter 2, starting right at verse 22, this is Peter preaching on that day of Pentecost, and he is standing before the people, and he preaches Jesus Christ to them. It says, Ye men of Israel, hear these words, Jesus of Nazareth, a man approved of God, among you by miracles and wonders and signs, which God did by him in the midst of you, as ye yourselves also know, him being delivered by the determinate counsel and foreknowledge of God, 
Ye have taken, and by wicked hands have crucified and slain, whom God hath raised up, having loosed the pains of death, because it was not possible that he should be holden of it. For David speaketh concerning him, I foresaw the Lord always before my face, for he is on my right hand, that I should not be moved. Therefore did my heart rejoice, and my tongue was glad. Moreover, also my flesh shall rest in hope. We just read those verses. Verse 27, he continues, Because thou wilt not leave my soul in hell. Your Bible says hell. The King James Bible says hell. It does not say Hades. By the way, that rich man who was burning in the flames of hell was in hell. It does not say Hades. There neither wilt thou suffer thine holy one to see corruption. Thou hast made me to uh, made thou hast made known to me the ways of life. Thou shalt make me full of joy with thy countenance. Men and brethren, let me speak free, freely speak unto you of the patriarch David, that he is both dead and buried, and his sepulchre is with us unto this day. Therefore, being a prophet. And knowing that God hath sworn with an oath to him that the fruit of his loins, according to the flesh, he would raise up Christ to sit on his throne. He, seeing this before, spake of the resurrection of Christ, that his soul was not left in hell, neither his flesh did see corruption. This Jesus hath God raised up, whereof we all are witnesses. Jesus Christ is our high priest, Hebrews 9, 11, and 12 says that. We're going to read those in a little bit. The high priest would first make an atonement for his own sins on that day of atonement, then for the sins of the people. We're going to read that in Leviticus 16 when we get there. These are the the precepts for this foundation of what we're going to look at today. What the Lord has shown us is that Jesus Christ is in the book of Zechariah. Time and time again, you see that. There is so much messianic prophecy in the book of Zechariah. But one place in particular that I believe we can find him is in Zechariah 3. We're going to turn there at the end of this time. But there's a couple other things that we need to understand now. In Isaiah chapter 11, Isaiah chapter 11, we see Jesus Christ is the branch. This is, again, not a a new thing. This is not anything that is uh, beyond reason. But in Isaiah chapter 11, starting right at verse 1, it says, There shall come forth... A rod out of the stem of Jesse, and a branch shall grow out of his roots. That is a capital B, branch, speaking of the Lord Jesus Christ. And the Spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him, the Spirit of wisdom and understanding, the Spirit of counsel and might, the Spirit of knowledge and of the fear of the Lord, and shall make him of quick understanding in the fear of the Lord, and he shall not judge after the sight of his eyes, neither reprove after the hearing of his ears, but with righteousness shall he judge the poor, and reprove with equity for the meek of the earth. And he shall smite the earth with the rod of his mouth, and with the breath of his lips shall he slay the wicked. And righteousness shall be the girdle of his loins, and faithfulness the girdle of his reins. The wolf shall also lay down with the lamb, and the leopard shall lay down with the kid, the calf and the young lion and the fatling together, and a little child shall lead them. The cow and the bear shall feed, their young ones shall lie down together, and the lion shall eat straw like the ox. The suckling child shall play on the hole of the asp, and the wean child shall put his hand upon the cockatrice's den. They shall not hurt nor destroy in all my holy mountain, for the earth shall be full of the knowledge of the Lord, as the waters cover the sea. In that day there shall be a root of Jesse, which shall stand for an ensign to the people, to it shall the Gentiles seek, 
and his rest shall be glorious. Jesus Christ is that branch. We, we need to understand this, because in Zechariah chapter 3, the branch is mentioned. And again, when we turn there, we're going to see those, those phrases, those words, those very things uh, pointing this whole thing out. Now in Psalm 110, again laying a foundation, Psalm 110, starting right at verse 1, The Lord said unto my Lord, Sit thou at my right hand, until I make thine enemies thy footstool. The Lord shall send the rod of thy strength out of Zion. Rule thou in the midst of thine enemies. Thy people shall be willing in the day of thy power. In the beauties of holiness from the womb of the morning thou hast the dew of thy youth. The Lord hath sworn and will not repent. Thou art a priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. The Lord at thy right hand shall strike through kings in the day of his wrath. He shall judge among the heathen. He shall fill the places with the dead bodies. He shall wound the heads over many countries. He shall drink of the brook in the way. Therefore shall he lift up the head. We see some things here about spoken about that thou art a priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. We're going to turn now to Hebrews chapter 7. In Hebrews chapter 7, we see these same words spoken. We see these same things laid out. We see these same doctrines laid out that Jesus Christ is a priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. In Hebrews chapter 7, we've got quite a bit to read here. So let's just settle in and we'll just see what the word of God says about Jesus Christ. For this Melchizedek, king of Salem, priest of the Most High God, who met Abraham, returning from the slaughter of the kings, and blessed him, to whom also Abraham gave a tenth part of all, first being by interpretation king of righteousness, and after that also king of Salem, which is king of peace, without father, without mother, without descent, having neither beginning of days nor end of life, but made like unto the Son of God, abideth a priest continually. Now friends, we've got to look at this thing here in verse 3. The very fact that he is without mother and without father and without descent disqualifies Jesus Christ from being Melchizedek. Jesus Christ has always had the eternal God the Father as his Father. Jesus, God the Father has always been God the Father. Jesus Christ had an earthly mother, that Virgin Mary, and he was con conceived in the womb of the Virgin Mary by the Holy Ghost. Without descent, we are of his descent. We are grafted into that line. We are born into the line of Jesus Christ. So we are his spiritual descent. That disqualifies Jesus Christ from being Melchizedek. This isn't the purpose of this preaching here today, but just laying down this understanding that it is that Holy Ghost of God that is that one, that one that abideth a priest continually. Hebrews 9.14 is that place where we see that by the eternal spirit, through the eternal spirit, his blood was offered so that Jesus Christ could be resurrected from the dead. Now consider, verse 4 in Hebrews chapter 7. Now consider how great this man was, unto whom even the patriarch Abraham gave the tenth of the spoils. And verily they that are of the sons of Levi, who receive the office of the priesthood, have a commandment to take tithes of the people according to the law, that is, of their brethren, though they come out of the loins of Abraham. But he whose descent is not counted from them received tithes of Abraham, and blessed him that had the promises. Without all con uh, contradiction, the less is blessed of the better. And here men that die receive tithes, but there he receiveth them, of whom it is witness that he liveth. 
And as I may so say, Levi also, who receiveth tithes, paid tithes in Abraham, for he was yet in the loins of his father when Melchizedek met him. If therefore perfection were by the Levitical priesthood, for under it the people received the law, what further need was there that another priest should arise after the order of Melchizedek, and not be called after the order of Aaron? For the priesthood being changed, there is made of necessity a change also of the law. For he whom these things are spoken pertaineth to another tribe, of which no man gave attendance at the altar. For it is evident that our Lord sprang out of Judah, of which tribe Moses spake nothing concerning priesthood. And it is yet far more evident, for that after the similitude of Melchizedek, there ariseth another priest, who is made not after the law of a carnal commandment, but after the power of an endless life. For he testifieth, thou art a priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. Now Psalm 110 verse 4. For there is verily a disannulling of the commandment going before the weakness of the unprofitableness thereof. For the law made nothing perfect, but the bringing in of a better hope did, by the which we draw nigh unto God. Praise God. And inasmuch as not without an oath he was made priest. For those priests were made without an oath, but this with an oath by him that said unto him, The Lord swear and will not repent. Thou art a priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. By so much was Jesus made a surety of a better testament. And they truly were many priests, because they were not suffered to continue by reason of death. But this man, because he continueth forever, hath an unchangeable priesthood. Wherefore he is able also to save them to the uttermost that come unto God by him. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. Seeing he ever liveth to make intercession for them. For such an high priest became us, who is holy, harmless, undefiled, separate from sinners, and made higher than the heavens, who needeth not daily as those high priests to offer up sacrifice, first for their own sin, for his own sins, and then for the, for the people. But this he did once when he offered up himself. For the law maketh men high priests which have infirmity, but the word of an oath which was since the law maketh the Son who is consecrated forevermore. Now friends, Read an awful lot there. But there's a couple of things that we saw about the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, the very last thing that we read there, it says, Maketh the Son who is consecrated forevermore. When was he consecrated? When was he, at what point? Is it even recorded when he was consecrated forevermore? I believe it is. I believe we're going to see that today. Hebrews chapter 5. Hebrews chapter 5 and verse 1 says this, For every high priest taken from among men is ordained for men in things pertaining to God, that he may offer both gifts and sacrifices for sins, who can have compassion on the ignorant and on them that are out of the way, for that he himself is compassed, also is compassed with infirmity. And by reason hereof he ought, as for the people also, so also for himself to offer for sins. And no man taketh this honor unto himself, but he that is called of God, as was Aaron. So also Christ glorified, not himself to be made in high priest, but he that said unto him, Thou art my son, today have I begotten thee. By the way, that is speaking of Jesus Christ. 
as he say also in another place, thou art a priest forever after the order of Melchizedek, that is, speaking of Jesus Christ, who in the days of his flesh, when he had offered up prayers and supplications with strong crying and tears unto him, that was able to save him from death, and was heard, and that he feared, though he were a son, yet he learned obedience by the things which he suffered. And being made perfect, he became the author of eternal salvation unto all them that obey him. Called of God and high priest after the order of Melchizedek, of whom we have many things to say and hard to be uttered, seeing ye are dull of hearing. For when and for the time you ought to be teachers, you have need that one teach you again, which be the first principles of the oracles of God. Verse 9 says that he was made perfect. But when was that? When was he made perfect? Is it recorded? We're going to have a part two of this. We're going to continue on. Brother McVeigh, I want to again thank you for this time that we have to record this podcast. And uh, we're going to continue on the next time and looking at when he was made perfect, when he was consecrated, when he was crowned with glory. And I believe with the Lord's help, we'll see that. Thank you. Have a great day. There's a lost soul who's tired of his sinning, and he longs to return to the Lord. As he cries for forgiveness and mercy, God is waiting. You have been listening to the Daily Doctrine Podcast with Evangelist Tim McVeigh. For correspondence, please contact us through our website and someevangelists.com and use the contact form to connect with us. You may also subscribe to the podcast through our website or search for Daily Doctrine Evangelist Tim McVeigh on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Audible, or Amazon. To write to us, please use our church address, which is Manasseh Community Baptist Church, 70 Back Hollow Road, Blaine, Pennsylvania, 17006. Thank you for listening, and we pray that the Lord will help each of us as we study and preach the Word of God. Don't forget to subscribe and tune in tomorrow. And remember to look up for your redemption draweth nigh. Singing the glorious song of the redeemed.